You want to go ahead and talk? <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. This week on Word Bros, uh, we talked to Elliot Rahal. Is that how you pronounce his name? Rahal. Rahal. Elliot Rahal. Elliot Rahal has Rahal. Yeah, Elliot Rahal has a book coming out with the fine people over at Vault. It is called Cult Classic. You can order that book now. Elliot's a good dude. Uh, yeah, we had a really great conversation with him. He was very friendly. He was very and, nice. And if you're from Vault Comics and you're listening to this, we, we'd like to have books come out from Vault Comics. Well, you can't say that. I mean, I can. we can talk about that when we're not recording. No, no, I can say it now. No, I mean, you this can't. This is our pod. I can say whatever no, but, then, but then it makes it seem like if we have a Vault Comics guy on or we talk about Vault Comics, oh, we're only mean- doing it. To, to try to get books there. We're not brown nosing here. I'm actually interested in what they're doing. And if they, oh, happen, I am too. And if they happen to hear, yeah, but you just can't, yes. it's, it's unsaid, bro. It's unsaid. Yes. It's unsaid. And no. we don't have shit for them right now. Cause we don't have anything working baby, but you can't do that. That's too obvious. It's too obvious. No, I, that's not that obvious. Kevin, hire us. You, yeah, you just said it's not obvious. Hire us. That's co- a complete. It, it was subliminal, sir. No, it wasn't. I it heard was you. Like, heard heard you. We all heard you. Everyone heard you. There's nothing. Hire us. Yes. If, if you would have said it backwards or some shit, or I would have like looped it over underneath the track, I could have done that. Oh, but okay. I, yeah, you just came out. And Can was we like, do that? I mean, we could. It would take a lot of work. I could probably swing it. Okay, um, let's do that. I'll try. Is that unethical of us? Um, I mean, what's ethics at this point? I mean, honestly. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk to Elliot. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's, uh, without any further ado, Elliot. Elliot Ray Hall. Ray Hall, baby. Okay, good. We can start talking now. Cool. Elliot, my name's Bob. I don't think we've ever met. Hi, how are you? Hi, Bob. We have not met, but uh, we are meeting now, and it is nice to meet you. I'm doing, I'm doing well, my friend. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me on. And Kevin, hello. hello. How are you? This is, a, this is our first time speaking. Not on the internet. In, in the internet flesh, I should say. <laughs> I mean, we, we we do Twitter. We, we go back and forth on Twitter, which is always fun. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. So are you, guys, uh, are you involved in the Friday meme fest and uh, gift yes. fest that is Kevin Cuff on Twitter? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I feel bad sometimes because, like, there are some days where, like, either he catches me at the wrong moment or I'm just, like, in a zone of depression and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, thanks, Kevin. 
So sometimes I don't always participate, but it, it always is something that I kind of like look forward to. And I'm like, oh look, somebody's talking to me on the internet. That's nice. It's nice to be. It's nice to be validated that way. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, for those of you, for those of you that don't know about Elliot Rahal, what Elliot has? Did I say your last name right? First of all. Don't worry about it. Happens no. all the time. It's Ray Hall. Ray, Ray Hall. Hall. All right. See, I am so sorry. Against you, it's it's. You can call me Kevin Cuffy once, and then we'll be even. Kevin Cuffy, it's Kevin Cuff, right? Yes, it is. Sorry, God, yeah. But he is silent, so. Um, but so, there's two of them, which is weird. No, there's. <laughs> there's only one. I know. I'm being. I'm being. I'm just. <laughs> I'm being a silly Nelly. He's silent like a ninja. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, what those of you guys don't know about Elliot Rahal is that. He has written for Valiant Comics. Um, he has written for Dark Horse Comics with the mm. Paybacks. And he's co-written stories with Don Cates. Wow, wow. Marvel so, so we're giving you his impressive resume right now. And you did and, um and, and you did the man. and you well, hang and I know you from the doorman. See? Oh right? you, you know that book. Yes. Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. Daniel's also it's funny the two people I am I have co writers for are like very, very huge right now. That's very and then there's <laughs> and and he's got a new book coming out through Vault Comics. Mm-hmm. That's something that Bob, Bobby and I have been talking about a lot on Twitter, which we, we both are enjoying some different vault titles. And the book is called what? Elliot, tell us about your uh, new book. Cult classic. Um and uh, the, the current title is Return of the Graveyard Gang. However, that may change. I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, it's complicated right now. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But it's one of those things where we might change it. But we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Okay. Um, boy, did I really just take the wind out of the sails <laughs> out of that, didn't I? Um, but, yeah, no, it's – it's called Cult Classic, and um, you know it's an interesting opportunity. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. This particular series is a five-issue series that's essentially the Goonies gone wrong and grown up. Um, and uh, the basic premise is uh, a bunch of fucking kids find the treasure, right? Like in the Goonies, they're all thirteen-year-old, twelve-year-old kids. They find the fucking treasure. And they all have a conversation with one another being like, uh, we can't keep this money because we're 13 and they're going to take it away from us. So they all enter into an agreement to come back 15 years later and split the money when they're older. And then they do come back, but not to uh, uncover the treasure, but to bury a friend because their leader has died and it turns into a whole murder mystery and they just all start fucking like killing each other. And shit. Sure, okay, and, uh, all right. Okay. That sounds it's, interesting. Uh, it's like the, the Goonies with murder. Yeah, it's the but and, it, and it's like, like, what if the It kids grew up and came back to Derry and then just decided to start murdering each other? Okay, like, so it's... You know, it's like if the Goonies pulled the job in Reservoir Dogs. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, and, and that's like, you know, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, I love, like, coming-of-age stories, but it's, it's so funny because, like, all of these kids in coming-of-age stories, like, they still are connected to one another. And I don't know about you guys, but, like, 
I'm not connected with my high school friends at all. And like, that makes me feel sad sometimes, but then it's just like, everybody's always glorifying nostalgia. And I just kind of wanted to do that sort of premise where you think it's going to be one thing, but really it's like, you know, not, and it's like some, but it's also super fun and it's funny. And it's based in this town called Whisper that I made up. And, and that leads into the, I guess the cult classic stuff, which is cult classic is a, a sort of line of horror books and sci-fi books that we're doing at vault that I, I'm, I'm, I kind of created and uh, curate with, with the guys there and, the idea is, is that like it's just Springfield, Springfield from The Simpsons, you know, Springfield. But imagine if that was the Twilight Zone. And okay. It's just spooky. It's just spooky shit happens in an all-American, like the most haunted hamlet in the Upper Northern Midwest. And <laughs> and I just want the the goal is is that what's unique about it. It's kind of like Astro City, where it's like okay. everything's placed in Astro City, and there's like different parts of Astro City, but it's creator-owned. So it's like, yes, I own it, but the creators that we invite or will participate in, in expanding the universe, they will also own it as well. So they can use the pieces that I've made, and then they can also make other pieces, and then other creators will be able to use those or not at all, depending on what stories they want to use or not use or, or whatever. And It's very exciting and very stressful because right now we're – you know, uh, in order mode for the first issue of the series that drops in February, which is why I appreciate you guys letting me on to talk about it because obviously it's a big initiative and it means a lot. And also it's very stressful because <laughs> it's very stressful. Now you, that's the third time you've said it's very stressful. So is this a little stressful for you right now? All right. So let's, Hey, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a little stressful. A little Besides being a little stressful, was it your idea to put that together, or did, did you come up with the guys at Vault, or how did that come about? Oh, fuck. Um, that is a good question. Well, thank you. It is a combination. I learned from the best, that guy right there. <laughs> Who, Elliot? <laughs> it was a combination of both, you know. Um, it was, um, sorry, uh, Basically, I came up with the idea for this book, and then I came up with an idea for another book, and I was I, I pitched them, and I was like, hey, guys, what if they lived in the same universe together, and it was all this crazy spooky shit? And they're like, yeah, 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 that's cool. And then they started coming up with ideas, and were like, but what if we then took it one step further and then I was like, that's great. Let's do that. Because, of course, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> and then we both just started saying yes to each other. And, like, kind of here we are right that's now. That's awesome. And so it is awesome. It was. It's very cool that they got um, that into it. Uh, but it also is one of those things. I'm like, are you sure? You sure you want to do this? Because, like, I mean, and I'm also, like, not a chill person at all. <laughs> not, we I couldn't guess from the stress. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not you're sure. literally you're literally pulling your hair out of your head. Like I can see you just sitting in front of your whiteboard, just pulling fucking hair out of here. What is happening? What, is, like, what am I agreed to? Like, so many people, it's just like, oh my gosh. But you know, I mean, I gotta say, uh, the art team on uh, the first book is Felipe Cunha. I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. 
Felipe, I can never pronounce your yeah, name. Yeah, he's a big fan of the show, too. He's going to be so mad that you fucking blew his last name. Yeah, blew it. <laughs> blew it, dude. Go fuck yourself, Felipe. Oh, my God. Why would you say that? You've just made matters worse, Elliot. No, you know what? I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm burning it down. Bridge after bridge. Bridge after bridge. It's all going down, man. Elliot TNT Ray. That's what they call me. Yes. It's fucking pissing gasoline over here, man. Listen, man. Sometimes you just gotta watch the world burn. (laughs) But then there's DQ Nip on Color Art, and then uh, Taylor Esposito on Letters, and Tim Daniel doing the design work. Tim's wonderful. Tim's wonderful. Tim is my life goal. I want to become Tim when I when I when I'm like. Talk you about know, t- talk about Foxy Gray, right? Like he's got the whole thing going on with the baseball hat and stuff. A, I'm jealous a, of his salt and pepper beard, actually. Yeah, what a good looking man. Uh, <laughs> people say that about Bobby often too. No, so. I don't want to. Well, let's not change the subject. We're talking about Tim here. You know, like I want to let Tim have his moment. I like Tim. Tim's a good dude. Um, he said some very complimentary things about me and my work, so I like Tim a lot. Uh, I like his work. He's, he seems like a cool dude. And he's a Giants fan. Like, you can't beat that. Book, he's uh, a San Francisco uh, Giants fan. I love it. He said nothing good about me. Fuck Tim. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God. You're just, you guys are like the fucking nut jobs over there. Just do whatever no, I'm you kidding. want. I'm kidding. Tim's a great guy. I like your, like your peanuts, Mug. As a Minnesotan, I take, I take the peanuts. <laughs> Happy holidays. St. Paul, baby. Oh, so is that, is that where you're out of? You're out of uh, Minnesota? Out of Minneapolis, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you're from from like Princess Town. Did did you ask? Did you? This is the this is the question. I'm sure you get asked a lot. Lake Minnetonka. You been in it? Oh no, I've not bathed myself in the waters of Minnetonka. Oh. I've not, not purified myself. That's where all the rich people live, dude. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Illinois, but I consider myself a Minnesotan. There's a Kickstarter goal for you then. Okay. You have to purify yourself in the in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Arrested in Lake Minnetonka. Now, how okay. did how did the Twin Cities take Prince's passing? Oh, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, the only other comparison that I can make, and I wasn't even alive for it. Have you ever, have you ever been to Memphis before? Yes. Yes. It's, it's like Elvis with Memphis. I okay. Mean, it's, it's legit the same thing where he went from when he was alive, he was a mythic figure and truly mythic. I mean, yes. uh, and this then, is the guy that ordered a nativity scene in his front yard because he felt like it at 3 a.m. Well, there so, are yeah. all these, there's all these stories that I have friends with, like where you go to his shows in Paisley Park and that you pay $150 and then you wait you go there at 11 or midnight and then you hear his band play and he either shows up or he doesn't show up and you just have to deal with it. Or like there are stories where like he kicks, he has got a booth in a restaurant that was his booth. And like, if you like didn't get out, like he would call a restaurant and and the restaurant would be like, you have to leave. Prince is coming. But then sometimes he wouldn't even show up. Like, and like, but like, he was so beloved, um, and so he went from living legend to literally deified overnight. Like, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, yeah, my wife is a is a, is a journalist, and uh, she was 
she did a, a lot of the coverage for that stuff when it happened. Interesting. Wow. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun stuff, guys. Oh, man, I mean, I love when he died, I was devastated. Like, Purple Rain was one of the first tapes that I ever owned as, like, a six-year-old kid. And, man, it was fucking awesome then, and it's awesome now. And when he died, I was just – I was crushed. Kevin and I were both just yeah. bummed out because we're huge Prince Impressed. fans. Like, he's the baddest motherfucker who ever lived. And, like – Super bad. Like, yeah. So cool. What I, I was upset by is that I love – crazy people like i love like that type of celebrity where like you exist on like another plane mm -hmm. yeah and, like there are so few people like that left in the world and yeah, like it's like we lost something special that dude we day. lost two of them that year because we lost bowie the same year so that's like yeah. two of those kind of people that were just kind of transcended reality almost you know yes exactly yeah. two extra planar beings yeah no that is so, a great way to put it. Now, Cult Classic comes out, you said, in February. Yes. And it's yes. going to be it's going to be a a collaborative with different creators. Are there any other creators uh, that are creating it with you on Vault? Well, right now, uh, the first five issues is me, and then the you know the plans are the second the second series it would be uh, myself as well, and then. You know, there are plans for, we have, uh, there'll be backups in the five issues and, and those are standalone backups. And then we have plans for an anthology and we have plans for a one shot. And that's the idea for 2018. And then 2019, if we are successful, uh, I would step away from doing the main series and uh, I, would, I would want different creators to come in and do the main series. That's I would, awesome. I would take, yeah. I would take a editorial or, or a creative officer approach or something like that. We're not there yet. I mean, really what we're focusing on is making sure that the, this is viable and the brand is viable and, and, uh, and, and making sure like we just don't get too ahead of ourselves because you can do that in comics, you know, yeah. this, this works, so fast and slow at the same time to where like you're you you have all this like free concept it's like oh we'll do uh 12 issues and then the market comes and then they're like nope you're gonna do four issues go fuck yourself and then like you're like oh i'm not gonna eat this gun later and we'll see how that goes <laughs> well, 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 this conversation got dark really fast <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's let's bring this back, man. Let's <laughs> eat this gun. What the fuck is happening here? We've lost control. Elliot's going nuts. <laughs> it takes it takes all my ability to like exist normally now, and just like cause I'm just a ball of stress at all times. But you know, it's okay. It's not. Well, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this for the people that are listening to the podcast. Um, what is the diamond order code so they can order this book from their local retailer to kind of get some of this off of you? Yeah, let me. Uh, I we just so we just switched from our internet pre-order stuff to the official ones, so I have them here now. Actually. Let's get that. Let's get that first thing yeah. first. Get that out of the way so that I can write it down and then I'll have it and then I can talk about it too, and we'll go from there. And we'll and we'll all tweet about it. Right. Everybody who listens to the show, you have one job. Appreciate it. Hive mind, bro. We're like the Borg. 
Hey man. All, you know all six of you. The idea is, you know, you couldn't, the Borg weren't always happy, but they weren't always unhappy. Yeah. They were just okay. Like, they were okay. Like, they were, they were fine. They were fine. Yeah. Um, so we have two covers. Uh, our, 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 our A cover by Felipe is, uh, uh, you know, D-E-C, capital D, pardon me, uh, capital D-E-C. And then the numbers 171931. So no. hold on, 171931. Correct. All and right. And that's, that's cover A. And then our second variant cover, which was very exciting, by Irene Coe, who does uh, the, uh, the uh, oh, shit. I, I just had it. I was just reading that fucking book. And now I can't. You know what? Give me the numbers. We'll worry about it later. Well, I'm, I'm going to worry about it right now. Uh, it's DEC 171930. All right. What book was it? Legend of Korov. There you go. There yeah, you I go. said, what book was it? He got it. There you yeah. go. And so you can order this now from your local comic shop. Run in there. Email your local comic shop. Tell them you want to order this book. Because, I mean, but you have to feel good. You have to have uh, uh, some kind of uh, release because – People in the business, people on the street, people on the internet that pay attention to comics that know what's going on, they feel something going on with Vault, man. Like a lot of their books do really, really well. They they have a limited number of titles, but all of those titles hit hard. So I think people will go, oh, well, if this is a Vault book, I got to pick it up. I, you know, I, I hope that's the case. I mean, it's an interesting, I mean, Vault is a really, I mean, they, they, they do a lot of really high concept stuff and they've got certainly a, a really cool aesthetic going on. And they're really, I gotta say, they're really good people to work for. They're good people, which is, is, is it can be rare in this business. Uh, and, and, but it's astounding. They, they've only been around for about two years. Yeah. And they've, they've made some waves. You know, it's just, it's interesting to see all of the, the, you know, Marvel and DC, I mean, I, I would love to write for them one day, but they're having some troubles right now. I mean, I, I don't think they would not not say that. I think, and I think they're correcting those things, but it's interesting how these uh, sort of small publishers like Black Mask and, and, and Aftershock and Heavy Metal and also The uh, Vault have, have really come into their own a little bit. And, mm -hmm. and uh, fun to watch I, i'm a big fan of all this part. well i think the cool part about vault is i mean they tell you exactly up front what they are we do sci-fi and fantasy and that's it like you're not gonna get you know you know what you're gonna get you know what you're kind of in for that vibe of book and if you're into those things and they they do some really some really solid work i loved colossi i was super into um uh what was the judge Kwan. heathen was amazing like they, I mean, you guys are just doing fucking great books over there, man. So it's got to be exciting to be a part of that. Zoha Kwan, is that how you said it? Zoha Kwan, yeah. yeah I, have Zoha Kwan. Hard, I have a hard time pronouncing that, but that is a spectacularly beautiful yeah. book. Yeah. Maxwell's Demons is very good, too. I want to read, uh, what is that, Ace of Hearts, the new one from, uh, from Rich? Deuce of Hearts. Yeah, Deuce of Hearts. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys are doing, you guys are doing really well over there, man. So, like... So tell me what else is – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going, I hope so. Yeah, you know? dude. 
And like, and I got a good feeling about you. Yeah, the book sounds really fun, man. Like I, I'm into that. It sounds cool. I've seen a lot of, I've seen some promotional art. It looks pretty dope. Um, so it's a good looking book. I mean, I, regardless of the words and, 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 <laughs> you know, at least I can take pleasure in the fact that Felipe's work is phenomenal. And then also, uh, these color work is phenomenal and Taylor, not many people give letters enough credit, but like, man, we asked Taylor to work real hard on this book because we're like, can we get three different letter styles happening at once on this page? And he's like, sure, man. For you, of course. And, <laughs> and he, he's been a real, he's been a real trooper. Um, and and Tim Tim Daniels' design work has been great. So it's it's I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm a Midwesterner though, and I don't celebrate until it's over with. So okay. I'm gonna live. I'm going to live near a heart attack for the next couple months until it's done. And then, yeah. then, I'll, then, I'll, then I'll feel good. I, I think, Elliot, you're selling yourself short because I read the paybacks oh. and I enjoyed it. So I have, I have both, uh, both trades. I got a trade, one trade that one, I've got one that's heavy metal and, and there's two from Dark Horse, right? Is that correct? No, we only okay. actually have one trade. Because okay. um, I've got yeah. one trade that's, that's a Dark Horse one. That's a Dark Horse trade, but we are the Paymax is going home to Dark Horse and we're doing a hardcover omnibus. I, I'm not sure if it's hardcover, but we are doing an omnibus for sure. And and you see you had a great artist there, Jeff. Oh God. Jeff. I mean, Jeff. I mean, his work on Thanos alone is, is fucking worth. Uh, I mean, that's a sexy Thanos. It's, it's a sexy as Thanos, uh, but it's good. You know, um, it's good. And then I'm doing, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe 2 that comes out in January, which is All fun. Right. Yeah. Who's drawing that for you? Oh, uh, Joe Bennett. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never worked with Joe before. Valiant, working for Valiant is super fun. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different change of pace because it's outside of creator-owned stuff. So it's, 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 it's more channeled you know so I, I, i'm not i'm not used to that process but it's been interesting to get used to and it they, and working with valiant's really cool i love reading valiant books right now they they, they make all of the books that they've come out in the past five months have been super killer okay because all i've got is uh dr mirage you gotta read exo man of war you gotta read bloodshot salvation you gotta read uh, Ninja K, um, and then you gotta read Quantum and Woody by my main man Daniel Kibblesmith. Daniel Daniel's doing Quantum and Woody over there. Whoa, okay. I re I've got one Quantum and Woody trade uh, that I got from Valiant uh, when oh, they man. were. So, because um, I'm not as familiar with the Valiant universe, that those were going on when I when I stopped reading comics. Because as Bob said, we're a little bit older. But they're than back, me. man. Yeah, they're no, back. no, I agree. Because they're I, back, I, and that I, shit's I, hot, son. Dude, that Dr. Mirage book is great. Jen Vermeter is killing it. It's a good book. It's really solid. Um, and also Rafer Roberts, uh, his Archer oh. and Armstrong. And uh, Rafer's a super Carpenter stuff is good too. I love Rafer. Rafer's yes. become one of my uh, favorite people. Um, Me too. Yeah, he's a good guy. Sometimes I text him freaking out. And I'm like, hey, I'm freaking out right now. And then he's like, it's okay, man. You don't need to freak out. It's you fun. should text him right now and tell him you're on Word Bros with Bob and Kevin. Because he knows he knows me. He hasn't met Bobby yet. But he's going to meet him because we have, we have, we have invited, I've invited him on as well. Okay. Tell him, I, tell him I like him a lot. 
No, I'm not going to text him. I said, you should. I don't have his phone number. You guys sound like a high school girl who wants to text the quarterback of the football team. You should text him. No, you do it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the fun part about comics. We're having a, we're having yeah. a podcast pajama party. Son. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm totally into it. <laughs> it's hard making male friendships. Okay? It is, dude. I believe me. I fucking know that, man. Like, well, that's one thing that they were talking about earlier that I was gonna say is 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 did your circle of friends in comics like? Here's one thing I've noticed that's really cool about comics. Once you make friends or do a podcast or meet somebody at a con, like. The cool thing about comics is they bring you so together that you'll talk about something like I'll talk about something with you that maybe you didn't do and that we both like. And then from that moment on, we're like best friends. So like yeah, so for the rest of the con, we're like, hey, man, where are you going to eat at? And you're like, I don't know. I'll go wherever you go. And then and then it, it gets like that. And it's really f- that's the fun thing about comics. I seem to enjoy it's like summer most. camp, man. It is. I try to be that way. You know, I can be such a fucking spaz, though, you know? Uh, You're really way too hard on yourself, man. This is true. I'm not, I'm not being hard on myself. I'm being, I'm being honest with myself. Okay. It's, just, it's easier for me to, like, chat on the phone and be a nice guy. But, like, man, with all those people around and then, like, everyone's cool and I don't know if I'm cool, you know? And, like, oh, boy. Oh, you're funny cool, man. Look. You know I'm, what I mean, though. You know I'm what I going mean? Out on a, I'm going out on a limb. I think you're pretty cool. Thanks, man. I think you guys are pretty cool, Yeah, too. I think you're pretty cool. I'm not just saying that because you're the guest. You're pretty fucking cool. You got a good vibe. You're a little nervous for me right now because you got a lot of shit going on, but I get it. I understand what's happening here. I just want you to believe in yourself, Elliot. I want I want the Word Bros podcast to be your fucking center, man, so you can come in and say, this book is going to fucking crush ass, and we're going to do some great shit. If, yeah. if podcasts were candy, this would be a gobstopper. This is a gobstopper. We want you to find your center and, and just do that shit up. And, and you know what? We that's, do. That's we cool. will. I do, I do believe all those things. I do believe all those things. It's just uh, – you know, It's hard. It's, it can be hard. Yeah. You know, but, you know I, I do believe those things, and you, know, you, you do the work to match those things. So it's, but it's Because people that aren't in comics yet, they're still trying to work their way in. Kevin and I have had minor success – um, but we're still trying to get in. But we also have seen – I had a miniseries come out last year, so I understand the stress of just, fuck, somebody order this book. Like, what was, what was I, did a, I did an all-ages mini through Action Lab called Monty the Dinosaur. Um, oh, shit. I didn't yeah. know that was you. That's, That's me. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so it's, it's a, it was a fun book, but like it was like you said, it was very fucking stressful, and like the whole process is stressful. Like trying to get in is stressful, and trying to hit your deadlines is stressful, and trying to get people to buy your book is fucking stressful. It's all just stress, you know. It's trying to con- go ahead, especially in in indie uh, art, you know. Um, no, you, you have getting people to give a shit about you yes. is is a challenge. And why should anybody give a shit about your work? I mean, like, I'm not trying to denigrate you or myself or anybody, but it's just like there's so much work out there. Why should they give a shit? So you know, you have to figure out how you you permeate that. And I have my own coping mechanism for that, which is I just do a bunch of crazy shit, and then. <laughs> And then, um, and then also like I, I learned, how, I started writing by doing standup in Chicago, uh, in, in the two thousands, uh, mid, mid to late two thousands. And, um, you know, the Chicago alt scene 
before it got established as the alt scene that is it is now, there was really no stage time outside of clubs, and there was only one club, Zanies. So there were really no rooms for stand-ups to perform, so people had to make their own rooms. And that required a lot of physical work and a lot of barking and a lot of drawing people in and, and getting them to care. And that's how I approach marketing for a lot of my books. This is that I make a lot of stupid, silly noise because, <laughs> because you know, I don't know if it works or not, but um, I would rather do it than not do it. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So you were a stand-up comic for how long? Uh, I mean, I, I did stand-up uh, really hard in college and er, out of early college. And then I've, I've pretty much wound down. I don't do it anymore. Uh, mostly I'm just focused on comics and comics is taking up a majority of my time. But I mean, I do enter that world a lot and I do put on shows within communities and, and comic book shows and invite local performers to come on. So like, uh, I still am, I dip my toes in the community still uh, occasionally because it can be uh, a good a good crowdfunding source. Not funding, but a, a crowd grouping source. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it's interesting. It's interesting because I did stand-up comedy uh, when I was in college for a little while as well um, to go. It's kind of, it, I was in Virginia Beach. It was a small scene. We had like one club and basically if you were a nobody, you got... How old are you? I am 40. You know from Matt Ward? No. Never mind. That's the only connection I have to the Chitlin circuit. That's the why. Chitlin circuit. <laughs> well, no, it's a, it's a, listen, I mean, but I, I, I ran in, in the South in Knoxville for a year when I moved there before we went to Minneapolis, and, and that's how I met. Do you, have you guys ever heard of the, uh, the, the liberal redneck? Have you ever heard of that gentleman before? Uh, no, I've heard of the educated redneck. I haven't heard of the liberal redneck. Liberal redneck is fucking phenomenal, and he's a spectacular human being too. And, and that's where I, I I did Virginia Beach and, and a few of the other places around that area. Oh, so where in Virginia Beach? The Funny Bone? I know. God, just some fucking random old room, and then I got so drunk. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I used to do that a lot in Virginia Beach too. <laughs> but the comedy world, what, what I was applying to is the comedy world and the comics world are very similar because it's very structured. I mean, like if you're a nobody and you're trying to get in, you're going to get 30 seconds and you're getting the light your first 10. And comics is very similar. You have your established guys that are doing their shit that people are going to care about. And then there are you and you have to make people care about you no matter how. So sometimes it does take the loudest and the most kind of silly thing to kind of bring attention your way. So you got to do what you got to do. Fuck it. Also, when you write jokes in comics, you don't know if they're going to land either. Cause you never know if that joke lands. Like you write it, you put it in there, you hope it lands. That's something we were talking about before too. Well, that's true. And the one thing about comedy writing that is actually, I think beneficial for comics is comedy writing, uh, it's all 100% about pacing. Yes, you have to have a funny joke, but comedy writing is specific to voice and specific to how you perform the material on stage and who you are on stage. And comic book writing is very similar in the sense that you are guiding an audience through how quickly you want them to read and how not quickly you want them to read and where you want them to look and where you don't want them to look. 
And it's all about pacing. And drama is about pacing, just like comedy is about pacing. People think comedy is just about timing. And that's true. But drama is also just about timing. You know, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched This Is Us at all. I fucking love that show. Oh, but God. you're wrong. You're just wrong. No, 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 no. The thing about This Is Us is, like, that's my life. Like, I live that. My dad died very young. And, like, I can't deal with the emotion of it. Like, I, it's, it's too much for me. It's too it's, much. It's so powerful. But yeah. the thing is, is that it's such good writing in the sense that, like, they know how – to pace drama out and 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 drama you know you, you can't just make people sad you have to give them something yeah you have to, like, you have to give them something to hold on to and then you take it away you know? like uh, i stopped watching this is us in the first season after the episode where the daughter was talking about watching football with her dad oh. and i was that was it for me i was like i know i know i knew exactly where this was going i knew this how this was going to happen and i was like fuck it, I'm done. Like, I just couldn't deal with it. Like, 45 minutes. I don't blame you. I don't, you know? I, I don't blame you at all. You know, I mean, it's... It's too good. It's too good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's too much for me because, like, my wife would just look at me and I'd be this, like, this raw ball of emotion sitting on my couch, like, fighting back tears for 45 minutes at a time. And she's like, do you want to watch this? And I was like, no, I fucking hate this show. I hate it. I hate it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have, uh, uh, I have a strained relationship, we should say, with my with my father, and it's just like whenever I see one of these dads on screen just being a good dad, and I'm just like, oh my god, like you know, I just, I just, it just, it just kills me, you know. <laughs> so, and it's, P- and it's Peter Petrelli, man, and and he's great. I mean, everybody on the show is wonderful. I love Mandy Moore. Um, I, who, who never thought they'd say that sentence again? Dude, well, the thing is, uh, the thing is, it's hard for me to like Mandy more because I'm a big Ryan Adams fan. Like, I love Ryan Adams, and they were married for a really long time, and then they got divorced. Yeah, and so like now when Mandy Moore is doing all these articles where she's like, "I've never been happier," it's like, "Oh, it's because you're not married to fucking sad little Ryan Adams anymore," which yeah. which, which breaks my heart because I love him. Well, I'm, a big, I'm a big me and my wife are big milo fans yes he's I'm wonderful wonderful but i love the gilmore girls and like, <laughs> i love the gilmore girls dude dude now gilmore did you girls. like did you like the the netflix version of it that came back trash okay trash. <laughs> okay all right, trash. All right. that's it's what my like, wife said it's like they took a shit all over the thing that i like and <laughs> <laughs> The only way I can equate it is like Star Wars, right? Okay. Like I, when those prequels came out, I wasn't crazy about them, but I was young, right? I was 12 or 13. So I like in between zone where like, I didn't have the visceral hatred that a lot of older nerds had. And that's the only way I can equate it is, is that when those like, like, let's say you're 25 and that fucking, that that Star Wars prequel comes out and you're so excited for more Star Wars and then you watch it and you're like, what is this shit? And <laughs> I was like 21. So yeah, yeah, Kevin and I, Kevin and I were like 20, 21. So like we were living that like, what the fuck? What is this? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember the medicine went. Wait a second. 
what are they fucking trying to do? Like the whole movie goes through, and I was like, what the fuck are they trying to do? Like yeah. the Trade Federation would not allow this. I'm like, what? What are they not allowing? Like I don't understand. Like they're with some Gungans, they're doing some. What the fuck is don't happening? Don't even like, try to understand it, dude. Don't even try. Well, I, well the the big disappointment for me, I was like, I was, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking forward to this dude with the du- with the dual lightsabers. Like I'm looking forward to it. The whole and they I'm kill like, him. Yeah, and and then I'm like, he's gonna be like the Darth Vader for the next three movies, so that's cool. Like, I want to see what this dude's deal is, like what happens to him. So, and then he's like cut in half, and I go, okay, well, not only did I not understand what the fuck just happened, but I went through two hours not understood what the fuck just happened. They killed the guy I wanted to see in two minutes. They I'm killed like, the most interesting characters in every film. Can I can I tell you my idea for a Star Wars book that I really want to do? Sure. I want to do an Old Republic book, and I want to do young Mace Windu and young Qui-Gon Jinn in, like, a lethal weapon duo. <laughs> and, like, Qui-Gon Jinn's just fucking nuts, you know? He's just crazy. And, like, that would be so much fun. I would love to do that. That's, yeah, a, that's a fantastic idea. I like it. I think it sounds cool. But, yeah, I, mean, I remember walking out of uh, uh, Attack of the Clones going, would it kill you just to fucking use a puppet? Like, just a puppet. Like, just just, just to build a real set as opposed that's to, like, else. yeah. Like, that's that's why the first series of films were so amazing because it's practical. You have an actor who's actually acting on a soundstage with real props and real equipment. Whereas in the prequels, it's like Natalie Portman's in the Mario Brothers game. And she's just moving away from a swinging tennis ball and it has no like effects it's of no reality. Way. Yeah. It's yeah. so flat. Yeah, it just it's bullshit. Well, what did you think about the Force Awakens though? I mean, I liked it. I, I liked too. it a lot. I mean, like I I understand the criticisms of it. I me do. too. Uh, but you know, to me it was like a palate cleanser. And it's just yeah. like, you know, like it's just like we're going to make And then also like I think a lot of, you know, things that people need to realize, again, with the prequels is, like, for The Force Awakens, that was a lot of people's first Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, My son is eight. It was his first Star Wars movie. And, uh, and and it's a great first Star Wars movie. Watching his face was amazing to me because he was so into it. And it's basically, you know, almost a retelling of The, the New Hope. But yeah, but it's for him. It's not for me, and I understood that going in. It's not. This is not for me. This is for him. Like Han Solo is his Obi Wan, so I yeah. get it. Like you know, because he he liked Han Solo, and he liked. But the weird thing is, he gravitates towards Kylo Ren at the end of the movie. He goes, "I really like Ray. I really like Finn, but I really like Kylo Ren too." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, he's a good villain. He's a good villain. It's it's a good thing. I was like, I liked Darth Vader, so we're fine, buddy. It's yeah, fine. who didn't want it? Like Darth Vader was fucking cool. Yeah. He's the baddest dude in the galaxy. And I mean, he becomes more shiny as the movies go along. So like, you know, but if we see him in the in the new series, he's just going to be a bright light, like just a bright black light. Like it'll just be the big shiny thing. Just the ashy helmet now. A beacon. I'm super stoked for fucking the new one. Me too. Uh, I haven't seen one trailer and I'm so excited going in. I'm just going to go see the movie. How have you not... He's avoided them on I'm, purpose. I'm really good but, at stuff like this. How do you go? Do you not go to the movies? Like, um, I go. I see a lot of second run films. Like I go to like we have like a two dollar theater here that shows older flicks. 
So yeah. like, so I saw Atomic Blonde, but I saw it after it was out in theaters, which was fucking phenomenal. Like I always go to second run stuff. I don't see a lot of the big blockbusters because I have two kids, so I don't get out as much as I'd like to. Um, right. So, so yeah, I can just avoid it. Like I just avoided it. And my, we, it's funny because we were at Costco today. My daughter, our family was at Costco and my daughter was talking to me about Star Wars and she's like, dad, do you know what I heard about the new movie? I was like, I don't want to know. And she's like, no, this is what I heard. I was like, Sophie, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. I've avoided every fucking preview <laughs> since they've come out. I don't want to, but dad, I heard Kylo Ren. I was like, stop kid. Knock it oh. off. <laughs> you just started hitting him. Yeah. I just started throwing oh. books at her. <laughs> yeah. Knock it off. Knock it off. My wife and I want to have kids. We're not there yet, but boy, oh boy, every time I've ever talked to a parent, it's always the same thing. Well, I'm tired all the time, and my life is completely different. <laughs> yeah, but better. it's yes, better. I love them. It's like, better. It's like, I think like uh, um, I have an eight year, I have a seven year old and a five year old. I'm a stay at home dad, and I love it, man. Like I couldn't. I was a terrible employee. I'm a really great father. Like it's it's so fulfilling because you get to see things through your kid's eyes. Like my I, I I tried to push Star Wars on my kid. She wasn't super amped on it, but then my son got some books for his birthday. These Lego Star Wars books, and she read them nonstop. And over Thanksgiving week, she was like, you know what? I think I want to watch Star Wars now. And we sat down together and like we talked about it and stuff. And it was amazing to see how amped she was on it. So it's like you get to kind of have those fun moments. And it's being a parent is very fulfilling. I, I would agree with that. And this love, and if you like coffee, it's perfect. I do like coffee. Then you're going to be a great dad, Elliot, is what I'm You'll saying. You'll be a great dad, especially <laughs> yeah. since, I, I, like you were saying, you and your dad aren't that connected. I would say my father and I were very distant. I am super close with my son. Like we are damn near in, inseparable. That's um, good. No, no, I mean, he doesn't have a choice. I have, I have custody, so um, <laughs> <laughs> he has no choice in the matter. But um, we have, we do lots of things and Star Wars wasn't a thing he was gravitating to. He was into things I wasn't into like Pokemon, but I let him tell me about it, but I'd be like, it's just not for me. And he just didn't care. Shut up, dad. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about Pikachu <laughs> anyway. So it was really weird because I missed that window because of my age. The The Pokemon window was like, I was a teenager already when Pokemon came out. Yeah, I, I, I was a secret Pokemon fan because... <laughs> secret Pokemon. But, but like Bobby said, you get to see things through their eyes. And Star Wars through his eyes was amazing. Uh, he didn't jump jump onto the Star Wars bandwagon with Force Awakens. He dug it. And then we went to see Rogue One and he liked it. Rogue One was fucking phenomenal. Then he lost his That mind. was a great film. That was I an amazing it. movie. I, I, I thought Donnie Yen was the shit. I wanted to see a Donnie Yen standalone. I loved everything about that film. Everything about that movie was from from point A to point B was great. I loved yeah, it. like there was nothing wrong with that. Like how amazing was fucking Forrest Whitaker in that? Oh my God, he was phenomenal. That whole movie was just great because it had nothing to do with the Skywalkers and all their like white trash days of our lives drama. It was just, it was amazing. It was a demonstration that we can live without the Skywalker. Yes. And yeah. that's and that's like when they're talking about doing like a like I don't know how you feel about this, Elliot, but they're doing a Han Solo film, and I don't give a fuck. Like I don't care about. I know everything I need to know about Han Solo. Let's talk about other people. Let's talk about other things, other occurrences in this universe. Yeah. Oh, have you seen Rebels? Nah, I don't have that technology. I mean, it's great. I've heard good things. The cartoon show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I I never jumped on. 
Like I love Star Wars. I played um, the, the the 64 game. What was it 64 game called? Shadows of the Empire. Shadows that was a great game. Great game. Great game. But I never got into the EU books. You okay. Know? Um, and I think I mean I read a lot of the Redwall series. Did you read that at all? No. The the the, uh, the one about the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, a lot of that stuff like Pokemon. Like, uh, you know, I didn't have comics growing up uh, and I was afraid to seek them out because I was like in that social arc. Like if these are the people who always get made fun of, I was like right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right above the waterline. Yeah. I, I didn't want to stand out any more than I had to, which is unfortunate. You know, uh, I didn't start reading comics until high school. But boy, uh yeah, I mean, so when I got into Pokemon, I made damn sure nobody knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows. Yeah, now everybody knows. <laughs> now I don't play it anymore because it, it just got too complicated. Yeah, it is complicated. I tried to, to learn this, the card game with my son. The book, was, like the guidebook of Pokemon, it's like it's like dude, the, has, it's like a Bible. Bobby, my son has four of those, and he carries them in his backpack to school yeah. with his school books. Crazy. Like he carries four of those, the complete character encyclopedia to Star Wars, and like one other book. His book bag weighs more than the kid does. What is like, it with kids? Like, like book bag, like a weightlifter. Sophie's the same way. Like she's like a fucking crazy bag lady. Like today I pulled a toothbrush out of her backpack, and I was like, "Why do you need a tooth?" toothbrush at school she's like i don't know like she just got all this shit in her bag i think it's just you know what i think they're just kids and they're happy that they have something that's theirs and like this yeah. is mine i can stick whatever the fuck i want in here yeah, also i think there's like a sense of mission there where it's just like i mean i'm sure being a child is like such a, a weird experience for like a parent too where it's just like oh now you're sending him out into the world like yeah. here's, <laughs> here's all the shit you need like make sure you know, but seeing kids, I saw my brothers. I was like oh, one of those kids. My little brothers were those kids. They remind me of, uh, you know, the labyrinth, the garbage people. In the yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, that's a again, good approximation. What was your first comic? You said you got into comics in high school. Oh, my, my first series. I mean, I read a few comics growing up, but I never stuck to a series because I, I didn't have an LCS where I grew up. Uh, but, uh, my first series was like sophomore year of high school was uh, Garth Ennis's um, Punisher Max series. Oh, wow. Know? That's a hell of a way to start with well, Louis LaRosa art. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it still is great. Uh, and that, and then like I made a, a nerd buddy. You know how you make like a nerd buddy and then they tell you all the cool stuff? How do you think we got this pod? I know, right? <laughs> so. I made a nerd buddy friend, and he and I, his name's Mike James, and he still, he stood up at my wedding, and he's still one of the few good friends from high school I keep to this day, and, uh, you know, he introduced me to all the cool shit, like, he's like, have you ever seen Evil Dead, and I'm like, no, and then uh, we watched Evil Dead, and he's like, you want to see this movie, and I'm like, yes, and then it was just like, it was like doing drugs for the first time, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, Tell people where, like, you don't have an order code for the other stuff you've done for, like, paybacks or, or anything else, right? No, not for the, the paybacks. You can pre-order on Amazon, but the thing is, is that it's such a long way out right now. Okay. I don't think that that trade, that, that Omnibus is going to drop for, like... They can get the soft cover, though, the old one, right? Yes, they can. Okay, so they can get that, and they can get yeah. your Valiant Universe stuff. So what what's the Valiant titles that they should order by you, man? Just tell us um, all of them. 
I'm doing so. Ninjak versus the Valley Universe is a four-issue mini that drops in January, and and that's just based off of the digital series that they're doing with uh, Ninjak right now. And then um, I did. Uh, I've done a bunch of weird one-shots for Valiant. So I did a uh, Shadow Man meets Ray Schremert, the Trap House rap band from Atlanta. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> trip. That was fun. I met one of those guys and he signed a book for my wife and he was so high. And it was <laughs> amazing. Uh, but I will say this really lovely young man and he uh, was so amped to be there signing comics. And he was, awesome. and I got his, yeah, I got his phone number too and he does not text me back. Uh, <laughs> he's too high. He is too high. Uh, and then uh, I did uh Bloodshot Stay Off. Uh, I saw that. That looks awesome. I really liked Bloodshot Stay Off. That was fun. Um, I'd say of the one shots, that's like the most accessible one because it's it, it's just kind of stands alone. Um, and then I did uh, a uh, Divinity uh, 3 one shot where they did the Stalinverse and I did an Archer Armstrong story there. Oh, that's for- cool. Yeah, it was Look cool. You, baby. you got all kinds of shit going on, Daddy. This thing is going to blow up like uh, like crazy town. Yeah, you're just worried about nothing, man. Yeah, you come on, baby. Isn't that, isn't that always the case? Though? Yeah. You, you got know, this. You got no, this. Everything's fine. Everything's yeah. Great. Everything's great. You're good. The yeah. The book comes out in February. It is a cult classic. It's going to yeah. be fantastic from Vault. And Just like everything on Vault is. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for someone else to speak, but no one jumped in. So it was like, if, see, but the cool part about that, though, was that wasn't an awkward pause. That was like when you've been married to someone for like 50 years kind of pause, and you're just you're just happy to still be there with them, and you're still enjoying each other's company, you know? Every, 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 every night I wake up in the middle of the night, and I tap the bed just to make sure she's still there. And then I'm like, good. Thank God. Thank God, <laughs> right? What a lucky guy. So, Elliot, congratulations on all your success. There's going to be plenty more to come. This book is going to be fantastic. Order now. Go to your local comic shop. It's uh, 17, 1931 and 17, 1930. December. Order that now. Get it, get it, get it. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, Cult Classics through Vault. Elliot, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Elliot. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, and, and really great, great show. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, it's a love fest in here. All right. Way to go, Elliot. That was really nice. He was a fun dude. Elliot's a great guy. Yeah, he's got a lot of shit going on, man. That's good for him. Um, and his book is coming out soon. It is called Cult Classic Through Vault. Uh, they do some really great, really great stuff. And the order code for that is December 17, 1931. Go to your local comic shop and order that bad boy now. Because I feel it, man. I, you can just tell he's got that look like, please, God, order my fucking book. This <laughs> he does. He looked, he, You guys couldn't see his face. but uh, He was stressed oh, out. 
Elliot looked like he had drink it. He had drank, not drinking. Drinking. He's been drinking coffee all fucking day. I, I write things. Uh, he he drank. He drank like eight cups of coffee. Yeah. Well, I mean, he- it's 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 it is it's a stress business, man. Like people think, like once you're in comics, everything's gravy. Nah, son. Like. It's never gravy. It's never oh. gravy unless you're like Tom King or Scott Schneider or Brian Michael Bendis. Up until they have problems too. Yeah, up until that point, you're just fucking grinding. You're just trying to get people to give a shit about your book so you can get your next book. And so doing you, Follow Fridays yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Like oh god, I wake I wake up and I've got 97 Twitter notifications and they're all fucking gifts and I want to shoot myself in the face. But I mean, <laughs> it's a nice way to network, I guess. It makes people feel special and I get I, one I get one follower every time. Dude, I'll tell you this, man. I noticed this week like uh, I tweeted something last week. If you don't follow me on Twitter, it's really not that great. I don't follow um, me. No I'm kidding. But uh, I tweeted something about 11 years sober. I've been sober for 11 years. And that post got like 8,000 impressions ever since then. And follow Friday, I noticed that I've been getting more likes and more retweets and shit like that. Just because people like to be uh, noticed. Engaged. Yeah, yeah. Engaged. So Kevin is the king of follow Friday. If Kevin does not follow Friday, you you ain't shit. Like, I'm <laughs> That's not true. If Kevin Cuff does not follow Friday, you, you ain't shit, motherfucker. You ain't never going to be shit. You ain't sh- shit. <laughs> That's not true. You better uh, feel special as a I motherfucker. Forget. I forget people, and I feel bad when I forget. I know, them. and that's why, like every now and then, I never do follow Friday. But when I do, there's always that one, like 35 minutes later, where it's like, oh fuck, I forgot four people. <laughs> yeah, me, me or you? No, just, I do it. I, oh, I, I do it yeah. too. Yeah, because I, I, I forgot Sam Ellis one day, and I was like, I feel bad because I forgot Sam. Yeah, and there's always there, there's always that 45 minute later follow Friday because you forgot some people. Yeah, no, I, that's it, that's legit. That's yeah, a legit follow Friday problem. <laughs> it sucks. Every time I do follow Friday, I t- I text Kevin like, this is exhausting. <laughs> that's what he says yeah, every Friday, and I laugh and I go, Yeah, I I, I feel your pain, but the, I got to get up at nine to put the boy on the bus anyway. Might as well do it because I'm I'm st- I'm standing out here in the cold. Uh, waiting for the bus to show up anyway, so might as well do this while I do that. Like I said, if if, if Kevin Cuff doesn't mention you on Follow Friday, you ain't shit. That's not true. That's the that's the words. Me. And you know what? And if you get that forty five minute later Follow Friday, he forgot about your ass. <laughs> Which this is true. If it that is. Happens. I do it too. I do have my utmost apologies because yeah. I'm not trying to, but it's nine o'clock in the morning. It's it's a it's before coffee. Because there's no coffee happening. There's no such coffee. thing as before coffee, baby. You got to get that mm-hmm. shit right when you wake up. I know it doesn't happen because because uh, most of the time I wake up like 15 minutes before it's time to get the kid to the bus. So I'm like walking to the bus in the pajama pants with a coat on. Like I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck. I put a I put a hoodie on, <laughs> throw a hat on, in the pajama pants with Star Wars pajama pants, waving at the bus driver. And then I'm like, okay, now I need to think because I couldn't think before then. It was like too fast. Everything happened. Okay. Um, and and then and then the follow Fridays happen. So, there you go. That's it right there, right there. So yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, Elliot was wonderful. Order his book. Seriously, do it. Order his old books too. Order the. I, I have the paybacks. I can tell you it's wonderful. Read it. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's a it's like a a spoof on superheroes. Um, it's like what if the, if these guys uh are basically like the uh the pawn uh like. What's that Emilio Estevez movie where they where they take every, Repo Man? They're like Repo Men for superheroes. They they take all the shit back that the superheroes get, like their gadgets. Mighty are, Ducks. You mean Mighty Ducks? No, no, Repo Man. Mighty Ducks. I think it's Mighty Ducks. 
You're just saying that to be an asshole. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's men at work. It's men at work. Repo man, because Charlie Sheen's in it with him. Young no. Guns. It's Young Guns. That's the one with the trash guy. San Elmo's Fire. San Elmo's Fire is a great movie, son. <laughs> I love, dude, Amelia, Amelia Young Estevez. Guns. Young Guns. Young Guns. You know what? Young Guns Two is the better film. That's the. I, I would agree. Chavez, Chavez, y Chavez. He's my yeah. man. That's my dude. And Emilio Estevez. You don't know this, but Emilio Estevez is big time in Cincinnati. He loves this town. He comes here. He films movies here. Like he just hangs out. There's a bar. There's a bar in Cincinnati called Longfellows. And at Longfellows, this is a really pointless story, but I'll get to it. There's a there's a bar in Cincinnati called Longfellows, and they have three chalkboards. Okay. And you can buy someone a drink on this board. So you can write someone's name, write your name, write your friend's name and what they drink. So Kevin, if you were coming to town, I would buy you a beer here and you would get your drink if you showed up at this bar, if your name was on that board paid for by me. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if I wrote Bob France, Kevin Cuff, Milk Stout, you could walk into this bar, see your name on the board and go, oh, you guys owe me a Milk Stout. Emilio Estevez's name is on that board in this bar like six times because he's always in Cincinnati. He just hangs out here. Have you have you met Emilio Estevez? I I have when I was valeting for a short time. Um, I guess I was valeting on a Friday and he was kicking it out on a Thursday. I, I didn't see him, but he filmed like two movies here. He loves Cincinnati. I didn't know Emilio Estevez still did movies. Yeah, he filmed a movie with Alec Baldwin at the Public Library in downtown Cincinnati. You mean Boss Baby? No, I don't think it was Boss Baby. I don't think it was Boss Baby. I thought I thought he was the other kid in Boss Baby. Emilio Estevez? <laughs> he would not be much of a kid at that point. No, no, no. Boss Baby is Boss Baby is all CGI, baby. Boss Baby too, Jack Emilio Estevez. <laughs> I love Thanks Emilio. Thanks for listening to Worm. <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros podcast, thewordbros.com.